Hello, and welcome to the Religion and Medical Ethics podcast. This edition, we're going to be looking at the Religion and Medical Ethics topic. This topic can be split into three sections. Issues and questions relating to the beginning of life, the end of life, and animal research. Before discussing those three issues, we're going to talk briefly about the sanctity of life. The sanctity of life is a key Christian belief. It's essentially the idea that life is sacred, meaning holy or special. There are a number of biblical quotes that back this up. A lot of these are quite short and simple and would definitely be a good thing to revise. The first is God made man. God made man. Three words, nice simple quote, essentially saying how God created human beings. This is kind of backed up by the belief that he made them to be special. There is another quote, God's spirit dwells within you. God's spirit dwells within you. Another one, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What these quotes say then is that human life is special. It should be valued. As a result, any kind of issue where human beings die, Christians are going to disagree with because it violates or goes against the sanctity of life. Another quote is, Before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. What this is saying is that every life is special. It's mapped out by God and he's got a plan for you. As a result, when we come to talk about genetic engineering, Christians will quite often disagree with that because they see it as going against God's plan. To conclude, the sanctity of life is a key Christian teaching that says that any destruction or ending of life is bad. Therefore, Christians will disagree with things like suicide and euthanasia, generally, not all, as it ends life. Looking then at the beginnings of life section, you've got three topics. Abortion, genetic engineering, and fertility treatments. Before looking at those, we need to think about when does life begin? Does life begin as soon as the sperm fertilizes the egg, or sometime after that period but before the baby is born or even when the baby is born this is an important question if life does begin at conception then any form of abortion where you kill and remove the fetus from a woman can be seen as murder if however say life does not begin until eight weeks after pregnancy then any abortion before eight weeks is fine If the foetus or embryo is not alive, then it quite simply can't be killed, so it's not an issue. The words foetus and embryo I just used. A foetus is what's called a growing baby. An embryo is the stage before. As soon as the sperm fertilizes the egg, it becomes an embryo. Up to 14 days, it is considered an embryo. After that time, it becomes a foetus. A foetus and an embryo, then, are the growing stages or a baby developing in the mother's womb. We're now going to look at abortion. There are different Christian views on abortion, and again, you need to consider your own view. 
Abortion, then, is the termination of a pregnancy. The embryo or fetus is killed and eventually removed. Different Christians hold different views on this topic. The Roman Catholic Church completely disagrees with abortion. They see it as wrong in every circumstance. The Roman Catholic Church completely disagrees with abortion. This is mostly based on the fact that, that they believe that life is sacred, as we mentioned, and they consider that life begins as soon as the sperm fertilizes the egg. Therefore, abortion, they consider, is murder. This goes against the sixth commandment, thou shall not kill. The Church of England holds a more liberal, or a less strict view. They stick to following the UK law, which essentially says that in certain circumstances, abortions can be allowed. Now, the reasons for this are numerous. It may be that a woman having a baby can actually do her quite a lot of harm. As a result, if she's going to die due to the pregnancy, her whole family is going to be disrupted and suffer more so than if she were to have an abortion. Another example is if a woman was, say, raped. Every time she looked at the child, she would be reminded of the event, and so she wouldn't want to have the child. Therefore, the Church of England may recommend that she has an abortion. Another example is possibly if the child was going to be born very disabled. If you imagine a poor family, they cannot afford to have another child, uh, they have another child and it's going to be disabled, for them to have that child is going to cause some serious pressure and strain on the family. In this case, it may be acceptable for Church of England and some other Christians to recommend that she does have an abortion. The next topic I'm going to talk about is genetic engineering. This is the idea that you may one day, one day be able to pick out the key features and characteristics of your child. You might be able to select before you have a child what, say, sex it's going to be, its hair colour, how tall it will be, and questions like this. Most, if not all Christians, disagree with this idea. They see it as playing God, something that they should not do. Again, it violates the sanctity of life and directly goes against the quote, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Christians see genetic engineering as challenging this idea and therefore wrong. We're now going to look at the question of fertility treatments. Fertility treatments are a series of medical procedures that allow couples to have children when perhaps they wouldn't normally be able to. These include IVF, AID and AIH. IVF stands for in vitro fertilization. This is a procedure where an egg and sperm are removed from a man and a woman and the sperm fertilizes the egg in glass in a chest tube. This creates an embryo. The embryo is then replaced back into the woman. The baby does not grow in a test tube, it grows in the mother. Some Christians see this as wrong as they see it again as spoiling God's plan. God has decided This view is the Catholic Church. The Church of England, again, take a more liberal view. They see it as acceptable and believe that parents should be allowed to have children if they so wish. AID and AIH, it means artificial insemination 
by donor or husband. It's a medical procedure where using a syringe the sperm is put into a woman so that she can be fertilised artificially or not naturally. Christians again have different views on this topic. The Roman Catholic Church disagrees with both procedures. The Church of England agrees with AIH but not AID. The difference is that in AIH the husband's sperm is used. In AID a donor's sperm is used. The Church of England disagrees with AID, that is, the use of a donor, as they see it as adultery, i.e. sex outside of marriage, as the mother is having a child with someone that they are not actually married to. Moving on then to the end of life section, we're now going to look at euthanasia and suicide. Suicide is where you kill yourself. Euthanasia is described as mercy killing, or helping someone else to commit suicide. Someone may be disabled or ill, and so cannot actually kill themselves. As a result, someone has to help them do this. Again, different Christians have got different views on this topic. We'll start then with suicide. Pretty much all Christians disagree with the idea of suicide. They see it as wrong as it is killing. Thou shalt not murder, or kill, which is the sixth commandment, suicide is breaking this, and again it goes against the idea of the sanctity of life. Some Christians have more sympathetic views on this topic, and it depends on the person's situation. If they are disabled and their quality of life, i.e. how happy they are, is very very low, then some Christians may allow or agree with it. This relates quite closely to the idea of euthanasia. Euthanasia, as I said, is where you help someone, or someone else helps someone, to die as they cannot do it themselves. There are different views on this practice, and we're going to explore those now. Some Christians see euthanasia as actually the most loving thing to do. If you imagine a person who has been ill for quite a long time, they're suffering uh, an awful lot, then actually it might not be particularly nice to allow them to go on living. It may be far kinder, far more loving, and more fitting with Jesus' teachings to actually kill the person. Other Christians, however, disagree with this view. They see all forms of killing as wrong and immoral. Immoral meaning wrong. They see all forms of life as special and sacred and therefore should be valued. Mother Teresa, for example, was going through a very, very painful death, but actually said that she didn't want painkillers as she felt that pain brought her closer to God. So, Christians hold a variety of views on the topic of euthanasia. The Roman Catholic Church does not agree with it, and the Church of England doesn't either. You may find, however, that those who disagree usually quote either the Sixth Commandment or the Sanctity of Life argument, that life is special and should be preserved. Those who agree with the practice of euthanasia will usually explain that they think it is more loving and more fitting with Jesus' teachings of love thy neighbour to actually allow that person to die. We're now going to look at our final topic of animal rights and animal research. Animals are quite often used to test drugs or products on them. This prevents them having to be tested on humans, which may cause harm and pain to humans. Instead, an animal is tested, 
Some Christians disagree with this practice, as they see it as cruel and inhumane. Other Christians can see the benefits from it. It's very, very helpful to see what a drug does to an animal, and then if the animal dies, then this is essentially saved a human life. So some Christians are in favour due to the benefits that animal testing can provide. They can also quote the Genesis creation story, whereby God gave man power and control over the animals. Other Christians see it as wrong, as it is cruel and not fair on the animals. They could also quote Jesus' teaching, love thy neighbour, if they considered animals to be their neighbours. There are then some reasons for and some reasons against the use of animals in research. That brings to a close this podcast, and that now just remains for me to remind you that this podcast does not cover everything in the exam. It merely picks out the key points of each topic. You now need to go away and find out slightly more to improve your knowledge and understanding if you want to achieve a good grade. Good luck, gentlemen.